Welcome, everybody, to How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin. My name is Emmanuel Penklers, and I am so excited to be doing this. This is undoubtedly the highlight of my week. What about you? <laughs> well, look, let's not bet around the bush. There's no rugby league. So I don't really have much to talk about. Um, but we told you guys that we'd be giving you something, and here it is. So, Emmanuel. How are, you, how are you feeling that void in, in your life that rugby league has left? Do you know what? I was thinking last night. It's like, I can't believe that the Souths would have been playing the Roosters last night. And I, I gave it a thought, like, at, around the time it would have been the six-minute mark of the game. I just, I, the, just the whole mood, everything is, is just so surreal at the moment. And, and we're talking outside of footy as well. It's just so unusual. I mean, you and I, here we are, we're giving this a test run from our own self-isolation areas just as a precaution. Um, and it's, it's just a very strange time. Like every day you, you look at the news and, and it's just like footy takes a back seat really in everything that's going on. But at the same time, you're like, I can't believe that like, Everything we love and, and something that we have um, from March to October has also been impacted by this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a difficult time. Obviously, everyone's cooped up in, everyone should be cooped up in their own house. I sure am. Uh, I'm assuming you are as well. Uh, and yeah, it's rugby league does take a backseat to what's going on in the world right now. You see the numbers, they're getting, they're getting a bit out of hand, even in Australia, where, you know, we're, we're a couple of weeks behind a lot of the world. But, yeah, rugby league is obviously suspended indefinitely and something that we, we love looking forward to every weekend is just not there to comfort us in this time where everyone needs to, you know... Self-isolate together, Corbs. That's what they mean. Self-isolate, yeah. It's self-isolation. Yeah, well, look, it's something that brings everyone together and, you know... When, when you're talking to people, it's, it's one of those conversation topics that comes up is sport. And there's, there's nothing on at the moment. You know, the, people are running out of things to talk to, especially in my own household. I've been cooped up with the same five people for five days. And it's only been five, ten days. And they're driving me nuts already. They would be sick of you. I'm not surprised. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, look. Okay. So, footy situation. Obviously, we've had the news that the, the game's being cancelled. That's it. We, we knew it was going to come to this. It was a matter of time. Um, the NRL got some expert advice during the week from their biosecurity expert. It's, it's a sensible decision. In terms of the game, obviously, it's exposed a massive hole. We know that uh, the broadcasters aren't going to be paying their quarterly payment on the 1st of April. That's no April Fool's joke. That leaves the rugby league in a terrible situation. There's been some reports around about out the states of all the clubs, um, as affected um, your usual suspects that rely on, on leagues clubs, especially in Sydney, um, your Bulldogs, your Parramatta, your Penrith, they're going to be significantly impacted by this, um, especially with all those grants coming in. A uh, club like Manly, how much more do owners want to put into that club? That question that will be brought up down the track. Um, Souths, there's been a lot spoken about South's financial position. I'm not as convinced it is good as people say it is. I've just, I read something on Facebook the other day from the borough, who is obviously South's massive supporter group. Um, and they were actually saying they've been in contact with the club um, and 
apparently in reports in the paper about South having good finances aren't exactly true. And I think the fact that Shane Richardson's um, gone out early is probably a sign of that to, as a cost-cutting measure. As we expected, the Roosters, incredible financial position. Um, Nick Polite has done a wonderful job. I, it, it stuns me that the Roosters have, I think it was $134 million in assets and the NRL have no assets. Corpse? Well, like, first of all, uh, the, play, the players are taking a 75% pay cut. Uh, that finally brings the Roosters under the cap. Um, but yeah, Roosters have been smart. Obviously, obviously, we manage our assets better than almost any other club in the league. And it's showing in a time like this where you haven't heard the reports about the Roosters being in a financial difficulty. We know that the NRL and all the clubs themselves have had to either lay off staff or tell staff to pay uh, take unpaid leave, which is you know challenging for a lot of people. It's 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 not just rugby league that's uh, feeling this; it's the world. But you know, rugby uh, all the all these people who have been left without jobs are struggling at the moment, and it's part of the bigger issue. Um, I do think Shane Richardson taking a step down is is a really nice measure. You know, it's a really nice thing to do. He's obviously, you know, gained a lot from uh, being the manager of a team like South Sydney. Um, but yeah, we don't we won't know the full scale of how bad this is until there's only one week in. You know, uh, the the clubs. I I look at a team like Manly. I look at a team like the Titans, and especially a team like the Warriors. And they're the three that I think are in real big danger. I know that Manly have come out and said that we might not last. Um, the Titans have struggled for years and years in the NRL's profit. Pop them up with their whatever money they have, which at the moment isn't much. So, yeah, I think it's going to be some challenging times ahead. We might not even have a, a national rugby league at the end yeah. of this. And I think that's the scary thing for a lot of teams and a lot of clubs, like a lot of clubs, because it's like, well, what's the competition going to look like next year? Are we going to have 16 teams? Is there going to be, is there going to be enough money for the players to be satisfied to stay here? Will they go over to somewhere like England and play or go to somewhere like rugby overseas and play because there's more money there? That's, that's going to be one of the challenging things coming up. It all depends on, how long the game is on hiatus? They've put a deadline on. You know they want the, they they've said that there'll be no games until June, I believe. Yep. Yep. And they have That's to best case scenario. Best case scenario is June, and they have to at worst case scenario kick off the season by September. Otherwise, there won't be a regular league competition. Yeah. Okay. So two interesting articles that have come up this week that um, I want to discuss. The first one is around the NRL propping up clubs that need more financial assistance than others. Um, that's the first topic I want to talk about. The second one I want to talk about is the article that appeared yesterday in the Herald uh, about Channel 9 wanting to renegotiate and possibly extend the broadcasting rights. So just on the, on the, um, the club grants and the propping up clubs first, look, I, I'm a supporter of a club that struggled for years and years to get their financial house in order. Where I mean, Souths would not be in the league, I believe, without private ownership. It's just impossible. I think our results since Russell and um, since Russell and Peter originally took over the club um, in June 2006 
So of four seasons, South's made the finals 07, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18, 19. So, I mean, that record of success, before that, we hadn't made the finals for 18 years from 89 to 07. Um, look, I, I just think that private ownership, it demands a lot from the owners. You have to have a passion for it. We see that with Nicolaitis commitment to his club. Um, and I, I don't really agree that other clubs that, that haven't got their house in order should be saved by the NRL. I think at this point, each club has been getting 130% of the salary cap since this broadcast rights deal started in 2018. That's at least two financial years ago. And there is no reason why these clubs should not have their houses in order. I mean, clubs need to be more reliant um, there's no money there. Um, if, sub, if some clubs are more prudent financially with their money, why should they be held back and punished for their success and punished for their prudent financial management? And why should they have to prop up other clubs? It's, it's enough for these owners to be, to be supporting the clubs they run. Um, we know that Brisbane is a publicly listed company. It has incredible finances. Um, the Roosters are another one. I, I just don't understand why these clubs that, that, and Melbourne are another example, why these clubs that have great success off field, why they need to, why they need to assist these other clubs that, that, that have ownership issues. I, I, it just defies belief in this time that it's, all, it's a punishment for success, in my opinion. Look, I think there, there are some clubs who have, have been financially stable that, you know, their, their revenue source has been cut off teams like Canterbury teams, like uh, Parramatta and Penrith who he- rely heavily on their leagues club. I understand trying to help teams out like that because the leagues club can't operate in times like this, but they're normally fine. They're normally all right. Penrith, Penrith actually got their finances in order a couple of years ago. It was a lot helped by Gus Gould. Um, yeah. And they've been, they've been good the last few years. And then, you know, when your revenue source gets cut off because of this, you know, because the league's club has been shut down and can't operate and you can't get the revenue from things like pokey machines, it makes it difficult for those teams. Now they've got a bit of money in the bank. I especially think that the Bulldogs will be all right. They'll get through this, but it's, it's like I said, it's teams like Manly who don't really have a reliable revenue source who are going to be the ones who are asking other teams to help them out if they want to survive. And look, at the end of the day, I, like you mentioned Penrith, the, finance, the pain that Penrith had to go to to get their house in order are decisions that other clubs have refused to make at times. When Gus came to the club in 2011, um, players um, like Luke Lewis, he was criticised for letting them go. Um, Penrith juniors who were on contracts that the club couldn't afford. He turned around not only the on-field um, performance of the club, in terms of its development of juniors and its focus on juniors who are in the Penrith captain area. But he helped turn around the club financially. He built the academy out there. Um, for me, it, you know, every club has to go through this pain. But the problem is that the management of these clubs that have boards is because they're so reliant on um, periods. It, it's like politics. So the term between the AGM and you just want to have the on-field success to guarantee your your election as chairman or as a board member of that club again. We saw this with the Bulldogs in 2016. We saw that Ray Dib and Ray Lane Castle were 
constantly signing a, a, all these players on big money and it was creating salary cap problems for the club and now they've been punished for it. I think a financial management of the clubs is crucial. Um, but look, at the end of the day, I actually think this it's going to come down a lot to emotional relations. Like, if I can't see a club like Parramatta or Penrith that have, have Sydney Heartlands and a massive club in West Sydney, I can't see them being allowed to perish. A club like the Gold Coast, possibly. If we're, if we're getting out a map and we're looking at areas where the NRL can afford to lose the club, I mean, where, where are they going to choose? Obviously, there are too many clubs in Sydney, but I don't think that a big club like Penrith, that, that is the only, as Gus like to say, it's the only club between um, the Western Sydney and Perth. That, yeah. That's the most Western club, pretty much. Like, I, I can't see that happening. But a club like Manly, maybe. Maybe. The issue with Manly is they, and their, their catchment is the whole up in North Shore, like North Shore and Northern Beaches. So... Losing them would be tough, but their their fans their fans notoriously do not travel. Uh, so even and a lot of the times they don't go to the game unless Manly's playing well. Their team, their their supporters, you know, they're they're a bit of a bandwagon supporting base. They might be watching from home, but they don't show their support. Uh, Manly, I, I would like to see Manly continue in this comp. They've got a rich history, but as you said, teams like the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast could be a team that you see relocated. Someone might see this as a possibility to either relocate them or just remove them out of a league completely. Another team that I really worry about because they, they, you know, their catchment is all of New Zealand is the Warriors. They're struggling financially as well, and that would be a big loss. I tend to think that most clubs will get out of this, but I think we might lose a few in the process. Yeah, I think so. And look, it, it, as we said, it comes back to location, emotional. I, I think fan base also plays a role. Like a club like Newcastle, they've already had a tumultuous decade. Um, we know that Newcastle, Newcastle's decision to stay in the ARL during the Super League war is crucial um, because of the catchment in the Hunter. It's positioning there. It's a, it's a club that is has got a huge supporter base up there. And I think a club like Newcastle is not at risk. A club like Melbourne, I don't think would be at risk if it's run so well. Um, Brisbane obviously aren't a problem. I, and I think that the Titans, Warriors and Sydney Club would have to be on the shopping block. Um, I mean, this discussion happened at the start of 2019 about, about teams and relocation and the R word of rationalisation. Um, and look, at the end of the day, I think Everyone, you know, thinks, oh, there's got to be one less club in Sydney. And then you pull out the map and you're like, okay, well, which one do you want to get rid of? Who do you, who do you want to pick? I mean, obviously, you're going to start with South. They've got the biggest fan base in Sydney. You're going to start with the Roosters. The rivalry between those two clubs is a huge part of the game. You're going to go with the Bulldogs. Tigers, they're already an amalgamation of two clubs that have been removed. I mean, where are you going to go with this? The, the team that does make the most sense is Cronulla because they kind of sit in between the Dragons catchment area. But they have a solid fan. They have a very loyal and solid fan base. It's just that they've also shored up their books in the last couple of years. It was bad at one point, but I think they've improved. But a situation like this could force their hand. 
Oh, I think so. I think that's definitely right. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about was we've seen this uh, conversation in the last couple of days about the broadcasters aren't going to pay their fees and what the outcome is going to be of that. I've, I've read that Channel 9 wants to renegotiate the deal, um, which I don't think is a bad thing for the game or Channel 9. I'm interested to see where this approach goes. Will the rights deal that they, if they have success doing this, will the stipulation for eight games around, will that change so that the NRL might be able to cut it to teams? Um, that will be interesting. I also think that, um, so I don't know if you know this called, but uh, in New Zealand, Sky Sports over there, as part of their rights deal, actually took a share in the All Blacks and in New Zealand Rugby Union as part of the deal. And I wonder if that's an approach that Nine wants to take to shore up the game. So they own the network, they own the TV products being the rugby league in some form. And that might, it might actually provide security for the game at the same time. Yeah, I, I could see an approach like that possibly working. It's, it's all up in the air. I, I would hazard to guess that, yes, if this broadcast uh, rights deal gets renegotiated it will look a lot different to what it is now I know that the broadcasters aren't making as much money as they thought they would of rugby league the product is is fading a little it's not bringing in the revenue that it used to uh, when they when they you know signed this multi-billion dollar deal uh, so yeah I I could see them going for less games and if that means that a couple clubs have to go then that means a couple clubs have to go what that will do is that will, uh, you know, make the play, the talent pool a bit smaller. Uh, but you're going to have clubs in a better position. You're going to have, you know, someone like Roger Tuivasa-Shek is a starter full, starting fullback on any team in any team in rugby league, right? If the Warriors go, where does he go? So that that team automatically improves. If you also lose some clubs, it means that the salary cap can remain close to what it is. I think it will drop. And the broadcast deal, obviously, if that gets reduced, the broadcast deal is what plays plays the uh, pays the players' salaries. So if that drops, the salary cap's going to drop. Yeah, and I think players have to be ready for that. And I think it's, you know, they I saw the initial comments and reactions to that from some of the players, and I've noticed, you know, at the end of this, most players will have jobs. There there will be a regular competition in some form. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of people out there that, that don't have jobs and a lot of those people work in rugby league. So um, I was a bit disappointed by some of the comments around oh, taking pay cuts and a reluctance to do it early on. But it looks like um, since then, the players are more on board with the approach being taken. And I look, I don't really think they have a choice. Um, there are clubs at stake. There are, there are lots of jobs inside all these clubs that are at stake and, and for the players to argue against pay cuts or to maintain all the benefits they get is outrageous in the circumstances. Yeah, one of those players was uh, Joey Lelua. Yeah, that's was right. Very, very, very against taking pay cuts. At the start of the season, Joey actually called himself the best center of the game, and then he single-handedly lost uh, the Tigers a game against the Knights. So can we trust these players' opinions? Well, it's because of him, the Tigers have once again ended the, se- uh, the season in ninth spot. So I know, I know. <laughs> Look, just obviously, obviously, no, obviously, no one wants to take a pay cut, right? 
Yeah. But yeah. this is the times that we're in. If you're not playing, if you're not playing at the moment, you can't expect to be paid. You're not fulfilling your contract. And that's just the times that it is. You know, everyone else, everyone else in your organization has either been like your coaching staff's been let off. The players are gonna have to take a pay cut. They yeah. they earn a lot of them earn a lot more money than the average person in Australia. So if they've been smart with their financials with their finances over the last few years, then they should be able to get through this. Yeah, 100%. And just on that other point about um, the broadcasters and ratings and making money, I find that one of the huge problems with having, if you would remember in the previous rights deal that Channel 9 used to have their three games a week and then Fox would have the other games. Yep. I think the fact that all those nine games that are on free-to-air are now split with Foxtel is just absurd because all it's done is lower the rating and split the viewership. I mean, you can't yep. tell me that there are people out there that are choosing to subscribe to Foxtel just to watch that coverage that wouldn't watch nine anyway. I don't think it picks up a new pool of viewers. I just think no. it splits current viewership. And I, I think it's ridiculous. And I, I, I'm surprised it was agreed to at the time. And I don't think it's going to be the situation going forward. It also costs, you know, Fox Sports and it costs Channel 9 more money than what it should because they're both... Like, what's the point of having two sets of commentary teams, two sets of broadcast? I know, I know like a lot of the cameras, like all the, all the visuals and everything are done by Channel 9. But still, you, you're, Fox, uh, Fox Sports is putting on a production, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and they're they're they yeah. I don't know. It, I I agree. It doesn't make sense. It's splitting the viewership, and then there's always the debate of which commentary team is better, which which things better. And I I don't think it's necessarily good for the game. No, I agree. I agree. I just I mean I don't know. It's been interesting this week to hear to see Fox's rolling coverage. You wonder how long that lasts. But it, I mean it is strange times. I. I'm hoping that we get some footy back on air um, at the second half of this year, but will anyone really have the appetite for it anyway? I mean, a, a grand final in December, I don't really know how that sits with me. I mean, you're just kind of like, it, is anyone going to be in the mood for it? I somewhat think there will. I think whatever sport comes back, it'll be what people flock to. People are missing yeah. sport. People are missing yeah. something to talk about. People are missing something that everyone... Sport's one of those things that hasn't died because of the whole cord-cutting situation, right? Everyone watches live sport. Well, a lot of people watch live sport, right? And the reason is because you don't know the outcome. You can't... You, and you don't want to watch it later on. You want to watch it in the moment at that time because then you can discuss it afterwards, right? That doesn't happen with TV shows. So... I think whatever sport comes back first, and I, I, I would say that the NRL would do everything that they can to be one of those first sports to come back first. I, I would say that people would flock to it and want to watch anything that's on, especially if it's like a two-month hiatus where we have had nothing. It's going to be like, oh my God, there's something to watch. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to ask, what are your thoughts about Origin happening first? Because we know that's a, a lot of money for the game. Um, it's the centerpiece. What are your thoughts on the best players starting fresh and going straight into camp and gives the clubs a bit more time to prepare for the, the games after that? So Joey and Freddie actually discussed this on one of the Wide World of Sports videos that they do. Uh, and they were saying, yeah, why not? But why don't we have like a three-week training camp? Film the training camp, put that on TV first, and then you've got this whole build-up towards Origin. And then you've got you know these players who 
yeah, they haven't played a proper rugby league game in a while, but they're going to have this this training camp where you can feel the hype, you can feel the you know the momentum building, and then you go into a, a, an Origin series that takes place over three weeks instead of two months. And yeah, I actually, I, I actually, I actually really like that idea. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that approach because it gives the clubs time to get themselves organised. You got the elite players going into camps um, and then there's no distraction for the rest of the season um, and you have it three consecutive weeks Sunday 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 or Sunday Wednesday Sunday if you want to do it um, all over in a week um, it captivates people its origin is undoubtedly the massive conversation starter in the NRL season I mean chat usually begins from like what round five anyway yeah. um, and you sort of have it I, the only problem is going to be picking a team on form but I actually think it could make it more interesting because you've got to pick a team based on what you think is going to. Based on, be it'll be a lot of it'll be a lot of based on reputation. You'd see a lot of the guys who were picked last year be picked again. Yeah, yeah, and you'd also see a lot of the people that you know have good fitness regimes and haven't been stupid in this break be picked first. So I'm thinking um, like your, your Tedesco's and your Cooks who obviously get themselves a squad, but also. So have great fitness regimes that they post on Instagram all the time anyway. Yeah. What what you're going to see in this off period is which players take themselves really seriously, um, which players are happy to take this period as a time off and get on the piss, even if it's in their own homes, you know. You're going to see a lot of guys come back, I would say, either really fit or somewhat overweight and way above their playing weight. And it's going to be the teams who, you know, drill their players to maintain, uh, stay on top of what they're doing and maintain their their physical condition are going to be the ones who really stand out once if the competition comes back. Yeah. And like, and as I said, the good clubs will be the ones that have um, said to their players, you know, expect to be coming back sooner rather than later. Um, take care of your bodies. Don't do anything stupid. And look, like one of the fortunate things is that it's really difficult for these players to who some who have a reputation of going out and doing stupid things. It's much harder for them to do it, um, and the risk is what happens in their own homes, really. But um, there's a there's less of a chance of something going on, you know, at a club, at a pub, at an entertainment venue, as we've usually sometimes seen with NRL um, off-field. Yeah, you'd hope you'd hope that the players are listening to their, to their clubs and self-isolating, not really leaving their homes unless it's for necessary reasons. I just I just think that there's going to be a couple of players who come back who are not going to be prepared for the physical the physical match that is NRL, and there'll yeah, be some that there'll be some that come back who are going to be a cut above the rest. Yeah, and and this is one of the great challenges of this season because all that off-season preparation. And the clubs that looked so good and the clubs that we thought could do well could be completely undone by this and affected more than others. So, yep. um, fascinating time. Hopefully, we have um, some footy sooner rather than later. Yeah, look, we'll, we know it won't be until at least June 1st, I believe. But, yeah, I'm I'm definitely missing it. My weekends seem empty and I can't even fill the void of anything, you know, fun. Can't even go out. So it's going to be a challenging time for everyone, especially all those who have been affected more by this coronavirus than everyone else. But Definitely. All right, Corbs. I think, um, when will we redo this, I think? 
think I don't um, know. We're we're gonna stay on top of the news and yeah. if we see something that's worthwhile talking about, uh we're happy to pop on. on. It's yeah, yeah. Exactly. And again, anyway, sorry we're sorry if the audio is a, a bit rusty today. Like we said, Emmanuel and I are both practicing self isolation. So we're trying a new way of doing this from our respective homes, but we hope we are able to give you something to listen to, you know, to fill some sort of void that rugby league has left. Yeah, we hope you're really enjoying this on your commutes uh, from your bed to your lounge room um, yep. and back and forth again. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I'm Emmanuel Pankless. This is another edition of How Good Is Rugby League? And guys, we'll see you. We're not sure when, but we'll see. We're, we're going to give you something soon. And thanks for listening. Thanks, guys.